begin today the Gemara at the bottom of Daf Nun Vav the last line. The Gemara continues the subject that we were speaking about before regarding a Ksuba. So what happens if a husband, when he's marrying his wife, tells her that I'm going to give you the full Ksuba, but she says, I already got half. So basically saying that you don't have to give me the full Ksuba. So Rav Meir says the very fact that he made such a condition with her, so she's Tzabila's uh, Nus. Chachamim consider this to not be a proper marriage. And the Gemara explained before, even though the truth is, after he made this condition, he's going to have to give her the full ksuba. But because he made this condition, she's not relying on getting the full ksuba, so therefore the marriage is a bilasnos. So Gemara brings a story and an additional halacha that's actually very relevant, every marriage regarding this halacha. Achsei de Rami Bachoma, the sister of Rami Bachoma, Nun Zayin. She was married to Ravivya. Her ksuba got lost. So they came to Rav Yasef. And the question was, is he allowed to live with his wife even when the ksuba is lost or not? So Rav Yasef says, What we brought before is the opinion of Rav Meir. So Rav Meir says, when a woman is not relying on the fact that she's going to get her ksuba, because the husband made the condition with her that she's not getting the full ksuba, even if the truth is she's getting it. But she's not relying on getting it. So Rav Meir says it's a bilas nos. You can't live with your wife that way. She has to be sure. She has to feel guaranteed that she's getting her ksuba. So therefore, according to Rav Meir, when you lose the ksuba, it should be the same thing. You can't live with your wife because if she knows she has no ksuba to collect her ksuba with, doesn't have the shtar ksuba, so you can't live with her. So according to Rav Meir, this is a problem, losing the ksuba. But according to Chachamim that say that if you make a condition with a wife and she's not relying on getting the ksuba, it doesn't matter. So same when it comes to losing the ksuba. Person can be with his wife two or three years without a ksuba, and you'll find the time whenever you you'll find time to give her the ksuba in order for her to, to be able to live with her. According to the Chachamim. So Abaye says to Rav Yosef, but not Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said the name of Shmuel that Alochik Rav Meir that we do paskin like Rav Meir. Big When it comes to Rav Meir, all kinds of things that he decreed to be machmer more than what it says in the Torah. All of the gzeiras of Rav Meir that we find in Shas, we always paskin like Rav Meir. So here Rav Meir has a gzeira. That in a case where the woman does not rely on getting her ksuba, you can't live with her. So this should be a case that we pass him like Rabbeya. So Rav Yosef heard Abai's answer, so he agreed to him. He says, if so, zilk soivla. So go write her a new ksuba. And this is the actual halacha that if the ksuba is lost, the person is not allowed to be with his wife until he writes a new ksuba. Continue now, Vinegeya 2, going back to the Machlaikis that we learned before on Dafnun Vavam at Beis. There was the Machlaikis between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi regarding making a condition that you're not giving the full ksuba. So the Machlaikis was whether a verbal condition will be able to will be accepted to minimize the payment of the ksuba. So the Gemara now brings exactly when was this tonight, this condition to minimize payment of the ksuba made. So ki asar avdimi amr abshem ben pazi amr abishu ben levi mishum bakapara. That machleikis. This argument was betchila in the beginning. We'll see in a moment what the beginning means. Avo basayif. But once the condition is made so late in the end, libri akayil eno michelas. According to everybody's opinion, she cannot forgive the ksuba. It's too late. She already 
and whatever she's saying at this point is worthless. Unless she's going to write it. She's going to write it. So now what are we talking about over here when it says, okay, You know what, let's wait another moment. We'll see the Gemara will explain it. But first let's read another opinion that argues here. Rabbi Yechanan says, Whether the condition is made in the beginning, whether the condition is made at the end, Machlaikis will apply either way, whether she has the ability to verbally forgive a portion of the Ksoba. So Amar Rabavo explains, what does it mean here? It was explained to me from Rabbi Yechanan himself. So Rabbi Yechanan said, I, which is Rabbi Yechanan, and Rabbi Shua ben Levi. And Rabbi Shua ben Levi, even though it seems like they were arguing here, Rabbi Shua ben Levi said that the Machlaikis is only B'tchilah, the condition was made in the beginning. But if they make the condition Basayif, everybody agrees that the condition is not acceptable. But really, and Rabbi Yechanan says that they're arguing in either case. But he said, we're really not arguing. We're not really arguing with one another. And now the Gemara will explain what this expression of Tchila and Saif means. So before I read the Gemara inside, just to, to give you the introduction of what the Gemara is about to say here, when it talks about Tchila and Saif in the stages of marriage, so this relates to Chuppah and Bia. Chuppah, let's say, is the Yichud, where the woman comes in, uh, comes in together with the, uh, with the husband. In, in, in one house or in one room, that's the chuppah, and then you have the bia, actual marital relations. And both, regarding chuppah and bia, you can use the term of tchila and saif. There's the beginning of the chuppah, when she's just entering into the home with him, and there's the end of the chuppah, the end of that, uh, that time when she comes into the home with him. Then there's the tchila of the bia, the beginning of the marital relations, and the end of the bia. So both, both the chuppah and the bia have a tchila and a saif. So when it speaks over here about the woman saying that she's forgiving a portion of the ksobah, we have to know what are we talking about? The tchila of the chopah, the end of the chopah, the tchila of the bia, the end of the bia. So the Gemara explains. My betchila de Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, this that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, that the argument is only if they, they, that she said that she's forgiving the ksobah only in the beginning. Tchila's chopah. He was speaking about the beginning of the chopah. My saif. And when he said that if she made the condition at the end, it's too late. At this point, she already got the full ksuba and whatever condition she wants to make now is not going to change anything. That's safe Bia all the way at the end, after Bia, after marital relations, at that point for her to come and start changing the conditions of the ksuba, it's not going to take effect unless she writes it. <coughs> so that's what Rabbi Shua ben Levi meant. But when I, Rabbi Yechelen, said, that either way, there's an argument whether we accept her verbal condition here. I was only speaking about in relation to Chuppah itself, the beginning of the Chuppah and the end of the Chuppah, when she wants to make a condition verbally, if it'll take effect. The end of the Chuppah is the time when the Bia begins. So therefore, it's re- at that point, even Rabbi Shua ben Levi would agree that they're still arguing. So I'm not, I'm not even arguing with Rabbi Shua ben Levi. Rabbi Yechonim would agree to Rabbi Shua ben Levi that if it comes at the end after Bia, over there for sure, the condition is too late. Okay, this is all what Rav Dimi. Rav Dimi came and quoted in the name of Rabbi Shua ben Levi and uh, Rabbi Yechanan. Now we have another Amaira that comes and brings these uh, Amairaim here that uh, they said it in a different way. Kiyosa Ravin, when Ravin came, Omar Abshim ben Pazi, so he also said the name of Rabbi Shua ben Pazi, Omar Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kapara. But he had a different version of what Rabbi Shua ben Levi said in the name of Bar Kapara. Machleikes l'besayf. The only machlaikis regarding whether a verbal condition to change the ksobe is only at all the way at the end, 
because it's so late on in the game, so therefore over here the question is if the verbal condition is accepted or not. If the condition is made in the beginning, so over here it's early enough, everybody would agree that a verbal condition would change the obligation of the payment of the ksuba. So the exact opposite of what we said before. And again, that either way, beginning and the end, the machlaikas remains whether the verbal condition could change the ksuba. Now again, the Gemara is going to do the same thing and bring it Rabbavo that says that there's really no machlekes between Rabbi Yechenin and Rabbi Shurban Levi. So Amar Rabbavo, Rabbavo said, L'didim mefarshli meneid Rabbi Yechenin, it was explained to me by Rabbi Yechenin himself, Da'na, but Rabbi Shurban Levi, that I, Rabbi Yechenin, Rabbi Shurban Levi, we're not arguing. My L'besayif, what does it mean when it says here L'besayif? The Amar Rabbi Shurban Levi, that Rabbi Shurban Levi says that they're arguing only Basayif, Saif Chupa. He was talking about the end of the Chupa. Regarding the end of the chuppah, that's when they're still arguing whether they can make a condition, whether she can make a condition verbally or not. Umay tchila, when Abishub and Levi said the expression of tchila, that then tchila, everybody agrees that you can. Tchila's chuppah. He meant at the beginning, before the chuppah, here everybody agrees that they can make a condition. Rabbi Yechanan says, and when I said, that whether it's the beginning or whether it's the end, everybody would agree that it's a machlaikis. When, when it's the beginning of the Bia, which is really at the end of the Chuppah, or the end of the Bia, so it's at the later stage, both, both the Tchil and the Bia and the end of the Bia are both already after the Chuppah, over here is where there will be the Machlekes, whether since it's so late on, whether a verbal tonight to change the obligation of the Ksubah will help or not. Okay, so this is uh, the same thing that Rabbi Shubham Levi said before, that the Machlekes is at the Saif Chuppah, which includes also Saif Bia, whether you can make a condition or not. Okay, so we have a bunch of different versions here regarding this, a uh, bunch of different opinions here and what in the Machlekes. Now, Omer Av Papa, Papa said about all of this, Ilav the Omer Abavo, if not for the fact that Rabavo said that Lilidi Mefar Shalim and Eder that Rabbi Yechen himself came in and explained this, that not, but Rabbi Shua Ben Levi, Loi Palginen Adadi, that I and Rabbi Shua Ben Levi are not arguing with one another because it depends what the expression of Tchila and Saif means. So have a minute, I would have rather said Rabbi Yechenin Rabbi Shua ben Levi Pligi, that in fact Rabbi Yechenin and Rabbi Shua ben Levi are arguing with one another. And Rav Dimi, I could use the same logic we said before, that we have to know how to interpret the terms of Tchila and Saif, but I would rather apply that to Rav Dimi Viravin like Pligi. I would say that Rav Dimi and Ravin, that were quoting this Machlaikis, between Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechenin, and they had different versions of this machlekes. Rabbi Dimi came to say that they were arguing only betchila in the beginning. That's what Rabbi Shua ben Levi holds. Ravin came and said that they're arguing only basayif. So I would say that Rabbi Dimi and Ravin like That's Rabbi Dimi and Ravin that are not arguing because they which were quoting the machlekes between Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechenin, the terms of tchila and saif can be switched. As the Gemara explained before, you have to know what the terms of Chil and Saif means. So again, the point that Rav Papa is saying over here is, instead of using the point that we just said here, that you have to know what Tchila means and what Saif means in order to explain that really Rav Yechen and Rav Yeshua ben Levi are not arguing, instead Rav Papa says, I would rather say Rav Yechen and Rav Yeshua ben Levi are arguing. But Rav Dimi and Ravin that are quoting their Machlekes in different ways, they are not arguing because the terms of Tchila and Saif that they are using are not the same. So the Gemara asks on this, what is the significance of what Rav Papa is saying? My, 
Oh, sorry, this is still a continuation of uh, the, what uh, what uh, Rapop is saying. My soif to Kaoma Ravin. What is the term soif that Ravin says? Right when when Ravin says that the argument is only regarding soif. What did Ravin mean to say? <coughs> Ravin was saying soif chope. Regarding soif chope, that's when there is an argument regarding the condition that she wants to make for the ksuba. And when Avdimi used the term of Tchila and he said that it's Tafka by Tchila when they're arguing, Tchila's Bia, he meant at the beginning of the Bia. So it comes out that it's the same time period. The Saif of the Chopa and the Tchila of the Bia is the same thing. So even though it looked like Ravdimi and Ravan were quoting this Machlekas of Rav Yechen and Malevi differently, but it's really the same thing. So now the Gemara asks, My Kamash Malon, what is Rav Papa saying? What, what he says here, I mean, in the end of the day, the fact is that Rabbi Yechenon himself said that there's no machloikis between me and Rabbi Shua ben Levi. So what's Rabbi saying? If Rabbi Yechenon wouldn't have said so, I would have said that there's no machloikis between Ravdimi and Ravin. If, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the chiddush of this if over here? This is not the fact, so who cares about this if? And says the Gemara, Hakam Ashmalan, this is what Rav Papa is teaching you. He's giving you a certain approach of how you should look at such a kind of a situation when you have these kinds of arguments. And he says, the Pligi Tereyamiroi, a time of the Nafshayu. I would rather say that these two Amiroim, which is Rabbi Yechinen and Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, are really arguing with one another, meaning that they have an argument regarding the Svara of the matter. This idea that a woman could alter the obligation of the Ksuba and be Moichal Achelik of the Ksuba, that there's actually a machlaikis between Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechenin. At what point there's a machlaikis over here, whether she can change the condition of the Ksuba? What's this machlaikis of Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechenin based on? On some kind of a svara. Up until which point does she have the ability to verbally change the agreement? So that makes more sense to say. But the Loipligi. But it really does not make sense, or we should not want to say that there's two Amirayim that are arguing regarding one Amirah, what they hold. What that means is, if we're going to say that there's a Machlaikis between Ravdimi and, Rav, and Ravin, how they quoted what Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechanan said, so what does that really come out? Ravdimi and Ravin are not arguing really regarding a Svara, they're arguing regarding a fact. What did Rabbi Shua ben Levi say and what did Rabbi Yechanan say? So then it comes out, as Rashi here says, one of them is lying, or one of them misheard what, what they said. They're quoting a Machlaikis between their teachers, between Rabbi Shua ben Levi and Rabbi Yechanan, and each one is quoting it differently. So they're not arguing Stam about a Svara. They're arguing about what did Rabbi Yechenin actually say. So therefore, what Rapapa meant to say, if not for the fact that Rabbi Yechenin already said that he's not arguing with Rabbi Shua ben Levi, I would have rather said that Rav Dimi and Ravan are not arguing with one another. Because why should we say that these two Amirayim are arguing with one another and it comes out that somebody is lying over here or somebody misheard? We would rather say that there's a Machlaikis over here with Beswara. When there's a Machlaikis Beswara, what do we always say in Tayyareh? That they're both saying the truth. But, <laughs> but if, the, if, the, if the argument over here is what their teacher said, you can't say because somebody's lying over here. Somebody over here misheard what his Rabbi said. Okay, so that's what Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Papa was trying to say. Okay, let's go to the Mishnah. Zog Tehelige Mishnah, Oh, this is actually connecting back to the beginning of the Masechta. Remember, we had in the beginning of the Masechta this idea regarding the time of when a Besula gets married. So it was quoted over there. So, Neisnen Lebesula, Shnei Masachaydish, you give a Besula 12 months. 
to prepare for her wedding. From after the Kedushin, the Edis in the first stage of marriage. So from the point of time when her husband now comes over to her and demands of her and says, okay, from today, I want you to begin preparing for the Chassana. So from that point, we give her 12 months to begin to, to prepare herself. Just like we give the woman, 12, the, the, the Kala, 12 months, so too we give the Chassan, 12 months to prepare the Chassan, the wedding hall and all everything, the wedding, the meal, and everything else that he has to prepare for the wedding. For the Chassan of an Alman, so we give only 30 days. If the time that they set for the Chassan arrives and they did not get married, so from this point, the husband has to feed her, and if the husband is a Kayin, she can eat the Truma from the Kayin. So from this point forward, the husband can give his wife all her food that she eats, all of it could come from Truma. And that means even though a woman sometimes could become tummy, and at that time period, she won't be able to eat the truma. So why is, she, why is the husband giving her everything from truma? But even if she can't eat it, she can, she can sell it and she can buy herself food. So she'll be able to figure it out. The husband, the kayan, feeds her the food half chulin and half truma. So she'll have the food that she needs at the time when she's tummy. Hayavam, another situation where you have a woman that's not fully married, if she can eat, the question is, if she can eat the truma from her husband, the Kayin. So the Mishnah says, Hayavam, a Yavam which has a Yavama that's waiting to get married to him and did not get married to him yet, and the Yavam is a Kayin, she will not be able to yet eat truma in the, in the, because of the fact that she's getting married to the, fully married to this Kayin. Now, what does this mean? So the Mishnah explains. If the case over here was that she waited six months to get married to her husband, right? They set a date. She was married. She was the Edison, the condition to her husband, and they set a date, and she waited six months to get married to her husband, and then her husband passed away as a chassan, before the chassan. And then Vishisha Chadashim, uh, no, 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 this is the husband himself. And then he passed away. So what happens if you pass away without children? So now there's a mitzvah of Yivam. Vishisha Chadashim Yavam, and then she now waited another six months to get married to this Yavam. Or another scenario, the Mishnah says, Afila Kulon or even if she waited all in front of the husband, she waited 12 months besides one day, a day before the chasen, the chasen passes away. Or sorry, one day missing and that day was she waited in front of the yavam. Or the reverse happened. She's waited for her husband, her original husband, one day, and after one day he died, and the rest of the time she's waiting all for the Yavam to get married to him. Mm-hmm. So in all these situations, she's waiting now to get married to her Yavam. If the time arrived, she will not be able to eat Truma. <clears throat> but now the Mishnah says, everything that it says over here in this Mishnah, this was the way it was Paskin in the beginning. However, later Bezdin and Omru, they came and said, A woman that's not eat truma from her husband until she actually gets fully married. Even if the date arrives and the chasana did not happen for whatever reason, she will not eat truma. She has to actually get married to him. Talk to Gemara Minan and Mili, from where do I know that you give a kala 12 months to prepare for the chasana? 
Amar Rav Chizde. So this is obviously not Menat Teireh, it's a Takanim the Rabbanan, but nevertheless, the, the Gemara is bringing a source from what you see in the Teireh. So Amar Rav Chizde, the Pasuk says, this is by Yitzchak, getting married to Rivka. So Leyeza comes, and he wants to take Rivka immediately to, to get married. So what, is the, what do they say? Her brother and her mother say, She's not, she doesn't have to go immediately. Let her wait here. Yomim oy asr. Now, what does yomim mean? My yomim. When it says here yomim, what does that mean? Yomim usually means two days. Let her wait here two days or ten days. So, if you're going to say it like it sounds literally, that they're saying let her wait two days, and then afterwards they said, if not two days, so let her wait ten days. But that doesn't make sense. This is the way a person speaks. The brother, the mother say, let Rivka wait there two days. So And Eliezer says, no, I can't even wait two days. She needs to come immediately. So then, So then they, they say, oh, if not two days, let her wait ten days. If, they're not, if, she, if he's not agreeing to two days, you can't request afterwards for ten days. So Ella, so then, what is the meaning of Yomim over here in this Pasuk? Yomim means, they said, let her wait a year until she goes. Let her prepare a year to get married. As the Pasuk says, Yomim That Yomim over there, when it talks about a house that's being sold, you could redeem the house, the term Yomim there means a year. So there as well, they, they requested that Rivka should wait a year, and if not a year, then they asked for 10 days. <laughs> Maybe Yomim means a month. As we see in another Pasuk, it uses the expression, So the term Yomim means a month. Amri, so the answer is, we can't learn from there. Donen yomim stam, yomim stam. We could compare the expression of yomim that it says here by Rivka to the expression of yomim that it says by selling a house. But we're not going to learn out the term yomim that it says here from the term that it says yomim in a place where it says chaydish. Okay, there's a taisus over here. I just want to mention this taisus because it's connected to chaydish elul. So the taisus brings the pasuk that it says, So this, the, 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 the girl that's brought in from war, and she's called the Aishas uh, Yefastoya, next week's Farsha, ah, right? So over there it says that she has to wait a Yerach Yomim. What does the term Yerach Yomim mean over there? 30 days. So over there it also says Yomim, but there it does mean 30 days. So Taisa says, of course, there it says Yerach. Yerach Yomim means 30 days, because Yerach regard, is, is, is regarding the month, right? So I'm, I'm mentioning this because the Arizal says that the Vachsa Vesima Vesima Yerach Yomim refers to Chaydish El, the 30 days of Chaydish El. Saktigamare Oma Rabzeire. We learned in Abraise, Ketano, so a Ketano, who's the one that marries off a Ketano? The father. So, but Beini, Ubeinavia, whether the girl herself or the father, they could hold back the marriage, even if they set a time and the time arrived. So usually set, set a time, she has to get married at that time. But nevertheless, she can say, no, I want to wait until I become a Gedailah. So the Gemara explains this. We understand that she can stop and she could say, I'm not ready to get married. I'm only a katana. What's <laughs> going to be? How am I going to take care of my children? Whatever. It's, now we understand why she could stop. But But when it comes to the father, why could the father say no? If she's ready to get married, so why does the father care? Why should the father have a right to stop her from getting married? Answers the Gemara. The reason is simple. Sava, the father, thinks to himself and says, Hashtalayada. She doesn't realize what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, she agrees to get married, but she doesn't realize what's happening. Then tomorrow, Mimre de Vinovka, she's going to rebel against her husband and leave. She's going to realize what she got herself into. And Vaasya, and then she's going to come, Vinofla Alavai. And now she's going to fall back on me. It's going to be my obligation to take care of her. So therefore, the father could also stop her from getting married until she's a Gedaila.
Omer Barlevi says, We do not set, we do, we do not um, set for a katana to get married when she's a katana, la katana, that she should get fully married as a katana. But we do set a time for a katana to get married when she becomes a gedayla. Okay, so Rashi um, over here says that, um, okay, just a moment. Um, yeah, so Rashi says when it says poiskin, that you're allowed to set for a katana to get married when she's a gedayla, that's without kedushin. You should not make a kedushin for a katana, even though I'm not tired. You can make a condition for a katana, but Rashi here says the pshat in the Gemara is you can set a time for a katana. You can make a shidduch if you want. When when is a, she's a katana, that she's going to get married to somebody, but to get married when she's a gadol, but not even to make a kedushin. That's Rashi's shita. Places other yishayim disagree and say that you could make a kedushin when she's a katana, but the marriage is only when she's a gadol. Okay, the Gemara continues and explains. Pshita, this that it says over here, that you can set the time for a katana to get married when she's a gedayla, that seems to be an obvious point. Why do we have to even say that? Of course, I mean, why, what, what would be the problem to set a time for her to get married when she's a gedayla? If she's a gedayla, she, she can get married then. Okay. Answers the Gemara, because Mao, the Teme, I would think to say, If you're establishing a time for a katana that she's going to get married when, when she's a gedayla, She'll, she'll become anxious about this. Mm. Knowing now when she's a katana that she's preparing to get married for something that she's not even mature to understand what it is, <laughs> so she'll get very anxious about this. She'll be weak. So the Chiddush over here is that we're not afraid of this and you're allowed to set a time for a katana and tell her, begin preparing for yachasana. You're getting married when you're going to be a gedayla. Am Ravuna says, this is going back to our Mishnah. The Mishnah said that how, how long do you give for a girl to get married, to be able to prepare for a chasana? 12 months. So Rav Huna said, But if she became a begeris, even one day she became a begeris, so she's not a knight anymore. As we remember, we learned many times a begeris is when she's mature from 12 and a half and older, and then Vinescacha, and then she, the first stage of marriage, the Kiddushin. So now we're giving time to, for her to get married. She only gets 30 days like an almana. Point is, she's older, she's mature, so she can take care of herself. All she needs is 30 days. When do you give 12 months? Oh, that's a good question. Taisus talks about that. Taisus says that if she first became uh, married, Kedushin, and then she became a Begeris after the Kedushin, then you give 12 months. Over here, the Gemara is speaking about that she became a Begeris first, and then uh, she, she got the Kedushin, then you only give 30 days. Meisvei, so the Gemara asks us this from a Braisa. The Braisa says, Bagra, once she's a Begeris, Harehi Kitvua. She's like her husband already demanded her, okay, let's set a date for marriage. Bryce doesn't spell out exactly what it means. But my love, don't you think this means ketua de besula? The Bryce is saying that even by a begeres, we compare it to the regular case of a husband demanding from a besula to get married, and that's 12 months. So not like Rav Huna said, that it's only 30 days. It says the Gemara, not necessarily ketua de almana. It means that it's like an almana that her husband demanded her, let's, let's get married, and that's only 30 days. Toshima, I'll ask you a question from another Braise. It says, mm-hmm. a, begeresh, a begeresh that waited 12 months. Mm-hmm. Since from this point, after 12 months, the husband becomes obligated to now feed her, even if he didn't end up getting married to her at that date. But as we learned in the Mishnah, from that point he has to feed her already. So this will also make a difference regarding a different halacha. Yafer. From this point forward, the vows that this woman makes, 
the husband will also have to be there to annul the vows. Right? Usually the father annuls the vows, but from the time of marriage, the husband annuls the vows. So over here, from the time that, he's, that he should have gotten married to her and the husband's hired to feed her, he annuls the vows. But what do we see in this price? It says, Begeres, and it says that you give 12 months, <laughs> not like Ravuna that said 30 days. It says the Gemara, read it differently. Eime, read it, Begeres. One case is Begeres, and Vich, and then another case is a Naira or a Basula that's not a Begeres, and over there you wait 12 months, but not the Begeres. The Begeres does not wait 12 months. And on this, Rabbi Yehazayim, that the husband is the one that annuls her vows. Another Brahis the Gemara brings, Toshima, Hamaaris, is a Basula, a person that got married, the first stage of marriage to a Basula, Ben Shatova, Baal. Whether the husband already demanded of her, let's get married, and Vihima Keves, and she's holding up the marriage, Ben Shatova, he, and she's demanding of the husband, let's get married, Ubalma, given the husband is holding it up, we give her 12 months, and that Mishastvia from the time when the husband said, okay, let's set a date to get married. You don't give that time of 12 months from the Edison itself, but from the time when they demanded, when they, they set to, to, to begin preparing for the marriage. If she becomes a begeres, she's like a tvua that the husband demanded of her, let's set a time for the marriage. And the Braise spells out what this does mean. If she became a begeres, one day, and then the Kiddushin. We give her 12 months to prepare for the chasana. So here this Braise says clearly that we give her 12 months. Then the Braise says, For an Arusa we give 30 days. Now these three words in the Braise are not clear what it means. But before the Gemara explains that, we'll, we'll explain that in a moment. But before the Gemara explains that, the Gemara says, This Braise is a clear refutation to what Ravona said. It says clearly for a begeres you give 12 months. To Yufte. So this refutes what Rav Hone said. Now, the Gemara explains. My Ula Arusa What did the Braise mean when it said that for an Arusa you give 30 days? When do you give 30 days? Omer Rav Pape, Sarav Pape explains. Hachi Ka'ama. This is the way we understand the Braise. Begeres she'ovru bibagros. If you have a Begeres. That she's already been a Begeres for 12 months. So she's 13 and a half years old right now. She became a Begeres at 12 and a half years old. So this is when she's 13 and a half. And then Veniskacha, after 12 months of being a Begeres, now the, the, the Kedushin happens. So over here, Nason Yem Kalmana, here the Braise is saying that you will give her only 30 days like an Almana. So even though we refuted what Ravuna said, that if she was a Begeres for one day, we're still going to give her the full 12 months like every girl that gets married. But if she was already a begettus for 12 months, ah. so she, she's a begettus for 12 months, so she's for sure already preparing for a chasana. So now we're only going to give her 30 days like an almana. So it said in the Mishnah that if the time arrived and they didn't get married, what happens? She can already eat from her, from her husband, which is a kayim. Omar so all it says about this, Devar Teire, Arusa Basisrol, Echeles Patruma. Minatayre, the halacha is, and Arusa, Abbas Yisrael, the moment after Edis and after the first stage of marriage. So Minatayre, really, she can eat Truma right away. She's already an Ashish Ish, and the, the, the husband's wife, he can, he can give her Truma. Shanava, the Postic says, Vikayin kiyikne nefesh kiyin kaspoi, a kind that acquires somebody. That's a, 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 what does acquiring mean? A wife from the Kedushin, the Kedushin is the Kenyan, and therefore you can give her Truma. Kenyan Kaspi would mean the Avadim of a Kayan, the, the slaves of a Kayan, or the wife of a Kayan as well. It's Kenyan Kaspi, so really, she can eat Truma from the Edison. 
So what's the reason that Chachamim instituted that she should not eat Rome? So there are two different reasons. The first opinion the Gemara brings is, We're afraid that she stints from after Edison, she's still living with her parents, she may take Trume, and she'll feed it, she'll, she'll, she'll share it with her brothers and sisters. So, so her brothers and sisters that are Yisraelim may come to eat Trume. So now we have a question of what it said in the Mishnah. If so, if the time of the Chasna arrived and they didn't get, end up getting married, Nami, we should also be concerned about this. If she's not yet married, so she'll, she'll feed her sisters, her brothers, sisters, the Trume. Why do we say that from that point forward, her husband can feed a Trume? That is the Gemara, Hossam, because there the reason is, if the date that they set for the Chasna arrives and they didn't end up getting married, so the husband will, will, will designate for an apartment, a place where she can live. She's not living anymore with her father, with her, with her brothers and sisters. So therefore, there's no concern. If so, there's another case of Kenyan Kaspai. If a person of Kayan owns Avadim, Lakit Kayan, the workers, the, the, the Avadim of a Kayan, Liisrael, or again, sorry, this is actually. No, this is not going back to Kenyan Kaspoi, but this is going back to a different, this is a different case over here. Lokit Kayan Yisrael means a Kayan. That's a worker by a Yisrael. Loi Leichel Betrume. So this Kayan that's working by the Yisrael should not be allowed to, 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 eat, to eat Trume. He's working for the Yisrael and he's living by the Yisrael. He's hired and he's living there in the house of the Yisrael. So how could he eat Trume? We should have the same concern. That maybe this Kayan that's eating Trume will go and share his food with, the, with his employer that he's working for, that he's living in his house. Says the Gemara, no, we're not concerned for that. This Kayan, which is a worker, who feeds him? He gets food from his employer. <laughs> we're concerned that this Kayan himself is going to give from his food to the family, to the employer that he's working for. We're not concerned for that. Okay, so this is all one opinion why we don't give a wife the truma to eat after Edison, even though Menatayra you're allowed. We're afraid that she's going to share it with the brothers and sisters. Now the Gemara brings the second opinion of Shmuel, but of Mishum Simpain, the reason is Simpain. Simpain literally means something is going to nullify the marriage. We're afraid that after the first stage of marriage, the husband did not yet make a full inspection to see if this is the wife he wants to marry. Oh, and then yeah. when it comes to the time of Nisun, he's going to find out something that he did not know, and he's not going to want to marry her. So it turns out that the whole marriage was a mistake. He's going to find a certain mum, a certain blemish in the body right. that the whole thing is going to be a mekech toss. And if so, it's going to turn out that she ate truma when she was not allowed. If they enter into the chuppah, but he was not boiler yet, nami. So, so we should still be concerned that the husband might discover something that he doesn't want. And therefore, the whole condition will be nullified. So why do we say that from the time of chuppah, he feeds a truma? And says the Gemara, Hasam Nivdek Badikla. Over there, once he's ready for chuppah, so he makes sure to inspect the matter, uh-huh. even if he himself is not inspecting her, but nevertheless, he has relatives. He makes sure to that, uh-huh. that, that there's no mum that he's going to marry this wife. And Vahadam Island, then he marries her. If this is the concern, what are we concerned about? Elamayata. Okay, you know what? Let's leave this uh, for tomorrow. It goes around the next part. We'll continue tomorrow. It's a sham. Okay.